David Borgia German is the executive pastor at Sanctuary Community Church. This is a return engagement for David. I think he was here, what, 2019? Or was it 2018? Anyway, and uh, it was, he was good enough to, for us to invite him back. So David is, um, he, I, he's an activist with the Poor People's Campaign, and he's a TikToker. He's got what they would say like a, an emerging TikToker. His, his TikTok label is pastor underscore DBG, David Borger German. So if anyone can find that on TikTok, who knows what TikTok is, put the link in for pastor underscore uh, DBG. David, take it away. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you, Ken, for that uh, awesome uh, introduction. Hey, so good to be back with you all. Um, really cool to be um, together, um, as it were. And uh, I just have great affection for you all, your church. And I feel like I'm constantly learning things um, from Ken and Emily in particular. And I know that you all contribute to their formation. Um, and so I just I, I just love I love the fruitfulness uh, of your church. So thank you all. It's just a pleasure, a delight and an honor to be together with you all. Um, OK, so today is Pentecost, uh, the feast day in honor of God's Holy Spirit poured out on all flesh. And um, this morning, I want to invite us to reflect on one of the phrases from the Bible about the Holy Spirit, and that is the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth. And we heard that a couple times in the scripture reading uh, this morning from Lydia. Lydia, thank you for that. That was great. And I want to begin by sharing an encounter with the spirit of truth that I had recently. Um, so my wife, Allie, and I uh, were walking together, as we often do, and there is a, a lovely paved trail that runs through our neighborhood and along a creek um, that is also in our neighborhood. And on these walks, we see a lot of common birds in Iowa. We see larger animals like deer, uh, raccoon, sometimes groundhogs. Um, I saw a mink once. Amazing. Uh, but anyway, on this particular walk, Allie and I were discussing some of the challenges and difficulties that our teenage sons uh, are experiencing. And we have two teen boys, and some of it's related to the pandemic and the sort of carnage that this school year has, has brought. Um, some of it's related to other activities and relationships or friendships, and their challenges are considerable. And for me, you know, I'm, I'm their parent and I want the best for them, but I also recognizing there's this emerging uh, autonomy and independence that they are insisting upon, which is totally good. And so walking that line is hard. And as Allie and I are discussing uh, what's happening, you know, I'm aware that I feel anxious. Um, I mean, I just feel anxious literally like just all, all over my body and I I feel it everywhere. And it, even fear, I mean, maybe fear is more <laughs> the feeling that I have, or maybe both. And so um, as I'm walking, I just take a minute to just breathe. Like I'm just trying to think about my breathing. And then I call on God inwardly. And I say to God in my mind, quietly, I say, God, I feel anxious. And I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, Yes. 
and I say, God, parenting is hard. We don't know what to do. And I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, yes. And then I ask God, God, do you have anything to say to this? And God says, nope. <laughs> Behold the spirit of truth. Now, what was the truth of this moment? Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of truth. There's the truth that Allie and I are uh, enjoying a lovely walk together, uh, enjoying each other's company. There's the truth that Allie and I live in a safe middle-income neighborhood in America uh, where we have quick access to a trail near a creek. There's the truth of the challenges that my uh, sons are facing and experiencing. And then there's the truth of my feelings, my feelings about what those challenges are, my anxiety, my fear. And there's the truth of my love and affection, my, my desire, my intention for good things for my kids. This and much, much more is the truth. And God's Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, is in all of that truth. Now, in church tradition, in the Christian tradition, when we hear the word truth, we can sometimes limit our definition of truth to a set of concepts or ideas about God. But today, as we celebrate the spirit of truth, I want to invite us to reclaim a much more expansive view of the truth, a holistic truth that includes all of our experience, our bodies, our feelings, our relationships, our socioeconomic and political realities, our problems, and of course, again, all of our feelings related to all of those aspects of our lives. This is what I think Jesus means when he talks about the spirit of truth in John's gospel. So I'll read just one sentence uh, to repeat that from our reading. Jesus says, but when the spirit of truth comes, the spirit will guide you into all the truth. Now, Jesus' words come at the last supper. It's his last meal with his disciples, with his friends. And he's not trying to give them new concepts or ideas here, you know, he is trying to motivate them and reassure them in this time of great, great anxiety. He is speaking to their feelings and his words are meant to evoke feelings. Um, now that setting helps frame the meaning, but so does John's writing style. So John's gospel, which is, it's really lovely, a lovely ancient text given to us. Um, it is in the style of ancient mysticism. Much of his gospel is ancient mystic writing. And what that means then is John is not trying to develop concepts or ideas about the divine so much as he is trying to evoke an experience of the divine and ideas versus experience. This is a pretty big contrast. And I want to develop this a little bit more by showing a chart because I think the predominant tradition within Christianity that we've received is more about the ideas about God, the concepts. And so let me, I'm going to share my screen. If you are on, um, 
the view, it might help to do the speaker view so you can really see this screen uh, share. All right, can you all see that? Thumbs up. Yeah, good, okay. So in this view, the framework is that truth is abstract ideas about God. And then there's no context that's needed at all because the truth is just the truth. It's always true. It doesn't matter who says it, who hears it, what the feelings are uh, about that. It's disembodied. There's nothing to feel. It's just true. The emphasis is on knowing the correct ideas or doctrines about God. And the goal is to get people to believe the right things. The Holy Spirit's role in this, the spirit of truth, is to correct people's false beliefs because it's just wrong, right? So we got to give them the truth, the, the Holy Spirit. And then the church's role is to play theological bouncer. We've got to ensure creedal conformity because we got to make sure people have those right abstract ideas about God. That's the truth. And the main posture or takeaway is that we are right. The church is right. We have the correct ideas about God. Now, I think that this view, this approach has caused a lot of harm. Um, in extreme, extreme cases in Christian history, Christians have killed other Christians and Muslims and Jews because they did not hold the perceived correct ideas or doctrines about God. Christians have branded scientists like Galileo and Darwin as heretics because their discoveries in the natural world did not fit the preconceived ideas about the truth from the Bible. And then Christians have resisted much needed cultural changes and reform in areas like politics and economics and sexual ethics because those needed changes didn't fit the perceived ideas of what is true about God or the Bible or whatever. So what's the alternative? I'm so delighted you asked. Let me share the alternative. And it is this. It's a holistic framework of truth, that truth is an experienced reality of God. This is the ancient mysticism that's given to us in the Bible, in John's gospel. It's holistic. Uh, as you can see, I've used that word. Um, the context really matters because truth is always contextual. It's always relational. You know, Jesus says earlier in John, I am the truth. And he's emphasizing the relational dimensions of truth and of, of this transcendent truth, but it's personal, it's relational, it's contextual. The emphasis includes knowing, but it's also about experiencing, sensing with our bodies, imagining, using our imaginations, our intuitions, and our feelings. The goal, look at this, this is so different. The goal is to become one with God. Uh, that is a theme throughout the Bible. It's certainly here as Jesus is talking. Um, the Apostle Paul writes about becoming one with Christ because Paul was an ancient mystic. So much of his own writings take up that theme. The Holy Spirit's role is an advocate to empower freedom and wholeness. Jesus says, the truth will set you free. And when he says that, you know, he's talking not about concepts or getting the right ideas. He's talking about the experienced reality of God. The church's role becomes to witness, to simply share what we've experienced of God. And the main posture in this framework is we are loved because the truth, like everything, is in service of the one thing we are made for. And that is love, love of God, love of neighbor, 
love of ourselves. Did I get that screen shared okay? No, oh my gosh. Well, I wanna show it to you now. Here it is. Well, you heard my words about it, but you can see the contrast now on the two sides of the screen. I was so wanting to impress Ken similarly. So there's my, there's my mistake of the day. There we go, Ken. So you see how, how just how much the, these two approaches contrast. Um, the goal, look at the goal and the Holy Spirit's role. And the church, we're free to just simply share our experiences. We don't have to be bouncers. We were never meant to be bouncers. And guess what? We don't know <laughs> the right answers anyway. Um, that's not what faith's about. Faith is a profound experience and feeling, the feeling of God and the divine. All right. Now, this is the truth that Jesus is inviting his disciples into. Uh, it's the truth that Jesus invites all of us to today. And I don't know if it sounds appealing. I hope it does. It certainly does to me. Um, I do have to admit that that former view, the dominant framework, still has its hold in me sometimes. I, I can feel it in me, you know, the, the desire, maybe the temptation to want to be right. You know, it feels good to be right. Feels good to like have the right answer, um, to be able to tell people and correct their ideas. <laughs> and, but I, I think we have to resist that or we're invited to resist that and reclaim the more central truth of God, of our whole experience, our whole feelings. It's much harder, I think, to engage in that patient work of love and of tending to our full experience and feelings with God. You know, going back to um, my walk with Allie, and um, I mean, it's funny because God, when God spoke to me, God wasn't fixing anything. Um, God wasn't giving me a solution, you know, to any problems, but it helped. It helped me. I felt a little better just through that breathing and connecting with the divine. Um, certainly in this walk and, and probably that helped just moving my body, spending time with Allie, talking through it. And I walked away with a deeper sense of empowerment and freedom to face whatever, whatever challenges there are present to me and my kids. This is our Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit poured out on all people, all creation. And we are invited to further claim and own every experience, all of our feelings, all of our political, economic, social realities, and bring those into a oneness with the divine, a oneness with God. This is our spirit of truth poured out on all of us today, this Pentecost. Amen. I'd like to end or close with just a short meditation exercise or prayer exercise. I'm going to repeat three phrases from the, the gospel of John about the Holy Spirit. And I want to invite us in this time, I'll leave a little bit of space or silence in between these phrases. And I want you to invite you to not think about the ideas or concepts so much as just let them see what feelings are evoked from these phrases from Jesus. And whatever feelings those are, just allow those to come up and out 
um, and be present to God in whatever way is meaningful for you. So let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Jesus said, the spirit of truth will guide you into all the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. Once again, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Jesus said, the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. O come Holy Spirit, fill our hearts again. Send forth your spirit and we shall be newly created and you shall renew the face of the earth. Amen.